0: it's time to explore what it means to live a good life how do we make this experience better and more importantly how do we lead the world to a better place
1: we all know the love energy right how does love make you feel it's got like 50 feelings it's got joy and happiness and strength and self-esteem and you can do anything and that's the love energy Chain guilt is an energy that turns your positive emotions to negative ones. Shame, guilt energy changes your intuition to anxiety.
0: Where are you with the big emotional bricks like shame and guilt? Do you reflect on your past events or experience? For most of us, this stuff is so pernicious that it's part of our makeup. We experience it at the same time we're unaware of it. Having listened to my guest on the show today, I became conscious of my shame, my guilt. And for those past actions, and how I've used shame in my family relationships. We were taught to do this stuff. In my education, shame was a teaching tool. I remember being sat on the black table as if that was a bad place to be, and ridiculed at the front of the class for poor English or grammar. And the age where parents would scold and guilt trip to get compliance. Up until the late 1990s, it was common in most settings to use shame and guilt and fear to modify behaviour. That said, we still see shaming in the press and on social media. There are generations of people that have suffered trauma through educational, religious or family situations. Now, thankfully, society has moved on a bit, but we have far to travel. And my guest on the show today is doing her bit to put the world right. Lewis Hollis is in her late 70s, and she's deeply connected to God and her faith, driven by a calling that started in her childhood. Her early years were tough, with physical abuse at home, and she received multiple head and neck injuries. In one of these occasions, it led to a near-death experience when she received her calling. At church, she was preached into guilt and shame to find her sins, and at school she was punished for dyslexia. Her solace was tap dancing, and she loved to dance. She tells me it was the tap dancing that pulled her through. And there's some evidence that hand, eye, foot coordination can improve dyslexia. Well, it worked because she finished high school and applied to a nursing school at the University of Pennsylvania and was accepted on a scholarship. And she says, I just keep going until I get there where I need to be. At college, Lois earned a nursing degree, the RN and the BSN. and And she went on to a job at the Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia. She was invited to join a program that went on to develop the first kidney hemodialysis units in the USA in 1966. She became a pioneer of the Kidney Dialysis Foundation and stayed with the program for ten years. Then she left it all behind to have a family and was blessed with three wonderful daughters. But then life took a turn. Now in her forties she experienced headaches that became migraine that developed into a range of other life threatening symptoms. It reached a point where she was told she would not live beyond her 50s. Those childhood traumas and that physical abuse had a price. It was discovered there were broken bones in her neck and back. Our conversation is one of physical, mental and spiritual recovery and it is a wonderfully inspiring journey. Today, Lewis works with Shame and Guilt as an independent study. She brings new knowledge of these misunderstood conditions. She's a filmmaker, an author of three books, a speaker and a coach. So let's join the conversation with Lewis Hollis.
1: I am 77. Didn't expect to be here. They told me I wouldn't be. I wouldn't pass 50 because of my many physical injuries. I discovered a way to heal and I'm still here and getting better. And I rollerblade rollerblade with my grandson because their parents are too old. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my journey. My journey is you never expect the unexpected. Maybe Mm. that's what I wanted to say. Mm. Do you just keep the faith? And God has many angels in heaven. I think he needs a little bit more in earth. I wanted to uh, talk about shame and guilt, because shame and guilt is like the hard, oh, we don't talk about that. And it really just drops everybody's life, if they know it or not.
0: And that's how I came to heal, was to figure that out. Let's get to the beginning. Where did it all start for you? Where, where, you know, where, where did you grow up?
1: Where did I grow up? In the East Coast of the United States, Mm -hmm. Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, you know, 70 years ago. So times were different then. Yeah, they were
0: very different.
1: I walked to school, didn't really think about anything else. It was a quiet childhood, but for some reason I had an abusive childhood. You know, it was very stern and um, I had many uh, injuries
0: well, childhood injuries oh uh, yeah but that i mean that's a modality of the 50s isn't it i mean you're you're, you're a child of the war baby you're, you're i guess your parents did the war and that sort of stuff well they didn't go to the war but um it's interesting um
1: there you know corporal punishment was more or less uh, accepted
0: mm, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely yes children had to be had to be disciplined sternly very sternly and um <clears throat> It's interesting that
1: I was going through a thrift store the other day and I found a book called, and it was like 50, 60 years old, and it was a Jewish mother who wrote the book. And the title was How to Guilt Your Children into Good Behavior. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) what we need to know from that is that our culture taught us the guilt and the shame. It's not like something that just flew by. We were actually instructed and our parents were instructed as well. I don't have many childhood memories, uh, but, you know, some surface to heal. Anyway, I'm like five or six years old. And I remember standing in church next to the confessional. I was raised Catholic. And we went to confession like once every couple of weeks. And I was like five or six you know, in line. And then all of a sudden I start crying, like crying, crying. And the the sister, the nun came to me and she says, why are you crying? You're in the house of the Lord. And I said, I can't find my sins. And she says, what do you mean you can't find your sins? I said, I can't find my sins. And you told me that we all sin. And if we sin, we have to repent because, God doesn't love us if we don't repent on our sins. And I, but I can't find my sins. Okay, so I'm a six-year-old kid mm. that walks to school that doesn't really do anything wrong. I mean, you just go to school, you study, you come home. I had 100% Polish parents. So it was more very traditional. And you really didn't lie. You didn't steal. You didn't, you, they say, come for dinner. You ate dinner. You went to sleep. You got up and you went to school again. And then you went to church on Sundays. I mean, that was, and you played ball or something in the street. Mm. So where's the sin? Mm. Yeah. And I couldn't find the sin. And I'm like racking my head and crying. I said, God does not love me because I can't find my sins. Mm. Now, talk about the shame, guilt of that one. Absolutely, yeah. Because I didn't really sin. Okay. A lot of kids don't. They misbehave. They try to outdo their parents or something like that. But it's not a sin. And you don't go to hell. (laughs) So that's what was preached into me. And I'm a very Mm. sensitive child. And this is not unusual. So... That's a very big moment in my life. Okay, I went back to heal that and so forth and so on. But it just shows you the temperature of how we all were raised. If Methodists or Jewish or Catholic or uh, Presbyterian or no religion, it didn't matter. Our culture taught
0: us to be guilty, to feel shameful, to feel lesser than. But let's let's move on a bit in time. So obviously you had a difficult childhood by the sounds of it. Where did it ta- where did life take you when you as you grow up? Well, I was um,
1: it's somewhere along the line, seven or eight or nine or 10. I remember having a near death experience, but I don't remember that child was 50. I always talked to God. I always talked to, you know, another person. <clears throat> and I thought that was normal. But mm-hmm. why wouldn't I think that's normal? Because that's what I did. Mm. And so even though I had dyslexia and a lot of uh, brain traumas, I was able to really pass all the exams. And I always wanted to tap dance. Like that's all I ever wanted to do was tap dance. And I did when I was like second grade to high school. And I believe the dancing and the movement helped heal the dyslexia and the other brain traumas that I had by movement of the left and right brain. And because um, I had difficulty reading, like I would hold a book up and I would ask the teacher, how do I stop the words from moving? That's called Erin syndrome. That's from brain traumas. Yeah. And they like slap me in the face because I thought I was making a joke. So the next day I went into class <clears throat> and I turned the book around. I'm very creative. I thought if I turn the book around, the words won't move. Yeah. And they went. Shh. So they just called me an idiot child because I couldn't read. Right. So anyway, I d- I think the movement really helped the uh, coordination between left and right brain. And I became very uh, skilled at everything. Um, I created the first kidney hemodialysis unit in
0: the country. Hang on a minute. That's a bit of a jump. <laughs> so, yeah. So you obviously went to college, by the sounds of it. I went to nursing school. Nursing school, okay.
1: And I uh, was, the most delightful um, day was, was I was accepted into the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school, like Harvard and Yale. I'm like, wow, I must be smart. You know, nobody so, ever... Uh, hang, me on, hang on, hang you, on,
0: you've accelerated us for a long time, because uh, uh, I'm still getting, de- dealing with you getting slapped around the head and not being able to read. So, yeah, so- but that's just childhood.
1: That's childhood.
0: So you, you obviously managed the the tap dancing and things you managed to get over this, these issues. I just kept on going and going. And that's part of
1: me. Mm -hmm. My life is like, keep moving. Mm. I just, um, I may not know where I'm going, but I keep moving and I see, I, it's like an internal movement inside of
0: me that keeps moving so how did you and get, how did you get applied for uh, this, this, this uh, Ivy League college? Did they did you just apply or did? I just applied and they accepted
1: me wow. from high school wow. and I went, wow, exactly. I went, wow, I must be smart. Yeah, absolutely. So you were at this uh, Ivy League college learning nursing. And I got my nursing degree and PhD, um BS and all those other things. And then I worked at Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia And um, I was lucky to get into a a program they were doing, you know, kidney hemodialysis was not available in the 60s. No. And um, they said, um, I have a creative mind. It just is. Mm -hmm. And um, I was coming up with concepts and they said, would you like to join our program? Because we want to initiate a way to help the kidneys. If they're not working so, to release the chemicals in their blood. Uh, and you, I said you, sure.
0: Sorry, I, I I just get were you nursing or were you in a in a in a in a university? What were you doing?
1: I was in a university hospital.
0: Oh right. Okay. As,
1: so, a, so. as a nurse. Okay. And um, as God does, or spirit or whatever you want to say, puts you in places where you just didn't know why you were there.
0: So they now ask you to help them out with their. They obviously saw something in you that was exactly. inspiring, that,
1: and they um, and I have always done things non-traditional. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, it, it's and everybody's got their mo. So, did you have the understanding of chemistry or whatever this? Talk no, was? no, no. Little bit, little bit, but I just have a creative mind that's very futuristic. Mm. It just is. Okay. I didn't go to school for it. I just was blessed by God um, to have a mind that figures things out. Mm-hmm. I, everybody says I should be a detective because I did have a detective mind. I said, that's true. And that helps me in my work because I help people figure out what happened in their life. I just
0: have this mind that goes, it won't stop working until it gets a solution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're in this unit that they were working on kidney dialysis, the ideas behind it, and you were part of that process. And I was like, well, we can do
1: this with this. And I was lucky to meet a couple of very um, intellectual scientists people. <coughs> and I'm the practical one. You know, I see the practicality of things and how mm. things work. So between their genius in my practicality, we were able to come up with a machine that would help clear the blood of people whose kidneys were not working. Wow. And wow. that created the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country. So that's in 1966. Are you listed on that, on that, on that work? Well, um, yes. And I gave a lecture two years ago. At the Hart, um, the Wharton School
0: hmm.
1: in the University of Pennsylvania, because I was one of the pioneers of the Kidney Dialysis Foundation. Wow! Wow! So, but what what I'm trying to say to you is that I'm used to doing things different. I'm used to finding new ways. That's <clears> just who I am.
0: So, did you stay with the university after you've done this? Or did yeah, you for ten
1: been... years. Ten oh, wow. years. Okay. And I created lots of programs and then I became a consultant. Like I would visit other units and help them out and help them figure out the problems. And, um, I was like an all-star, whatever you want to say, but my main mission was to help people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Always wanted to help. Always wanted to help. I wanted to help, but I also wanted to serve not in the victim way, Hmm. but in a, humanitarian way I guess yeah. you could call me a humanitarian <clears throat> be it a nurse be it a teacher I I want to see humanity
0: flourish so after your 10 years uh, working in that industry did you move on for other reasons or what happened well um
1: I got tired uh, you know and I decided I wanted to raise a family and had I had children and so forth and was a blessing because I didn't want to go any more scientific. I wanted to be more humanitarian, Mm -hmm. you know, how people they create something and let it go. And then they create another thing. That's just who they are. Well, that's who I am. I, I bore, I birthed the baby Mm -hmm. and now I had to birth more babies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, that was um, what I, I had children and became a mother Hmm. I did some consulting, but not much. I wanted to be a mother. I Hmm. wanted to take care of my children, but somewhere along the line in my forties. Okay. Like 10 years later, 15 years later, I became sick. I became having migraine headaches, but that was all the brain traumas from childhood. They were Hmm. never fixed. And, um, my were, those, heart, were,
0: were those traumas caused by something, or were they? Th-
1: yes, they were caused by abuse. I was thrown down steps, concrete walls. Ooh, nasty. My, ne- my neck was choked up. Ooh, um, that's amen. how I
0: had a near-death experience because someone broke my neck. Wow, I didn't realize it was. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So those par- your parents were a little bit um... abusive. Yeah. Yes. Well, sorry. S- s-
1: s- and I came to learn later. You know, like now, fifties. Well, 60s and 70s, because I, I um, married an incredible chiropractor healer who helped me heal from all the traumas. But I C1, C2
0: and C3 were broken. And you're still walking around living a normal life with those broken Because I had
1: a near death experience. God sent me back. Right. Okay. But eventually you had to have them repaired and fixed in my jaw. And it's a long story.
0: Wow. But
1: um anything's fixable you know if you you do the right is is that where
0: you were told you probably wouldn't live past 50
1: exactly exactly because I was so crippled I couldn't breathe my heart wouldn't uh, beat my lungs were compressed my kidneys weren't
0: working what's amazing is that you went through life and you had children everything and no one noticed these problems right I said I'm saying it's like it's interesting
1: that you can be sick but you're not sick Hmm. Yeah. It, it's your the mind, body, the spirit. Uh, I feel so close to God all the time. Um, it, it just is. I, I and I think that's what we're asked to do now is to step out of our, our our stuff and and see the bigger picture. Mm. And that we're part of all this newsness that's coming through. And we can do all this. It's not easy. What. Ha- we're on um, a treadmill without an off button. Well, yeah, that's that's what they would
0: call progress. <laughs> yeah, we, and it and it's keep going. So we have to keep going with yeah, it. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of books about where humanity is heading, and you know, we've got some big, big choices ahead of us in the next few. Well,
1: years. yeah, and I'm like, um, I'm like, can we save humanity? You know, we don't need to be clones or computers. We are human. Human is our greatest asset. <clears throat> yeah. So that's anyway. That's another long story. But the thing was, I eventually was helping people heal because I
0: healed so much. So what was your healing process? Because obviously you now, you obviously your, your husband helped you put your bones back together and you put still, it back and yeah, yeah. But you still had to deal with everything else going on inside. You have to deal with your emotional issues, and
1: yeah. that's how I. I'm sure you've heard of interpersonal, like we have interpersonalities, we have anger, we have anger, etc. Well, I was able to talk with the inner parts of myself, like the two-year-old, the eight-year-old, the 10-year-old, and I became friends with them and the inner critic. The critic is my best friend right now. He wasn't my best friend before, but I came to learn, Harvey, that, they're all in different timelines. You know, the two-year-old still living, that got beat up. The eight-year-old that was hit in school, the six-year-old that couldn't find her sins. You know, we all have all this happening and, and this, we can't
0: forget yeah. about it. We yes, have to yeah. make There's, friends with it. They're still going on, aren't they? Those, those things they're are still, still going re- on. You're Still living those memories. Yes, of course you are.
1: Not consciously, but con- unconsciously, they're still moving. So I made a, through my ability to see, I made a, a film on how I talk to myself and how the inner parts talk to me, because I could see things that people couldn't see. So that is my film, Out of Discord, into Harmony, that I, I did about six years ago. And wow. I teach people how to talk with themselves. It's called self-talk. It's called self-healing. We don't need to talk to therapists all the time, because... We need to talk
0: to ourselves <clears throat> we, we, the, but the therapist can guide that process as if they l- know that process yeah. if
1: they know that and everybody knows the process but that's why I, I the
0: film I met a woman years ago and she said that she had put on quite a lot of weight and she recognized when she was taking the weight off she had to deal with the emotions and feelings that put the weight on in the first place
1: exactly very smart lady. Well, Mm. this is what, you know, we had to talk to the two-year-old that hated everybody because, you know, hit and thrown around. And so that's the love. We have to heal each, heal the parts of us. Wouldn't it be interesting, Harvey? I haven't reached here yet. But if we had all the timelines of our life living in the present moment, how powerful would we be? Interesting, yeah. It, it might be a bit confusing.
0: <laughs> no,
1: they would be confused because they're all healed into the same life that you're living today.
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
1: All of you is together. Yeah. None of us is spread out in the unconscious and this and that and that and that. No distraction. You're just all One. So, I'll let you know when I can do that. I can't do it
0: yet. Okay. Well, then let us know. That would be interesting. Interesting conversation to have when you get when you get there. So, so, so you yeah. started this process, healing process. How long did it take you to do it? Oh, mm. I'm still doing it. And you know, I'm still talking to myself. Well, you're looking you know. good. At, you're looking very good at seventy-seven. I have to say.
1: Well, I'm talking to myself, and when <clears> you know when the two-year-old inside of you that was injured is frozen in shame and guilt. Okay, so we have to help that part of us release the shame, guilt, energy and they come into your timeline. Okay, they come energetically into you and then you get the two year old energy
0: that makes you younger. So how do you release the shame and guilt you're talking about? That's that's a big topic. That's the topic. Yeah. And that we
1: finally got to that was the way to heal. And I was so surprised that nobody took shame and guilt as it this is a big deal and we got to take care of this process here we don't talk about depression we don't talk about anxiety because everything's related to shame guilt energy so Mm. i thought of going to you know therapy for depression then therapy for anxiety i was suicidal i mean i said i'll be dead before i heal all my emotions right I mean, if I say 10, 20 years trying to heal up depression and anxiety and suicide and bullying and all sorts of things that we have inside of us when we only need to release the shame guilt energy. And that's what I became my focus, because shame guilt energy is the source of all negativity.
0: So I'm trying to get my head around the process of that release process. What can you yeah, say a bit more
1: it? I I can talk more about it because it's like a 360 degree turn. Mm. Okay, so I'll give an example. Now, if you have water coming in your house when it rains, what do you have to do? You have to clean up the water in this, right? You have to mop it up. You have to dry everything. Then it rains again and you got water coming in your house. And you're like, this is getting old, but I still have to clean up the water because it makes the house moldy. Now, what I'm saying to you, why don't you seal the hole in the roof so it doesn't rain in your house anymore? Good plan. That's about shame and guilt. Why well, keep working on depression and anxiety and everything else when it's shame guilt that's causing
0: those <clears throat> negative emotions? But if okay? I if I'm holding shame about something, how do I release that shame? Okay, you have
1: to know. A couple things, okay? So I'm going to tell you what that is. Why this is different. We all know the love energy, right? How does love make you feel? It's got like 50 feelings. It's got joy and happiness and um, strength and self-esteem, and you can do anything. Happiness, and that's the love energy. Shame, guilt is an energy. That turns your positive emotions to negative ones. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Shame, guilt, energy changes your intuition to anxiety.
0: It Mm. changes your
1: passion to anger. Shame, guilt, energy changes your compassion to depression. Mm. So I'm saying to you, each emotion has a positive side. And the negative side. So we don't have to go looking for our positive emotions. They're there. Shame, guilt made them switch from Mm. the positive to the negative. So what's the logical thing to do? Get rid of the shame, guilt, energy. And how'd you do that? (laughs) Okay. Shame, guilt, energy, energy only has one defect. Mm -hmm. It dissolves in detection. Okay. Remember the Wizard of Oz? Yep. Okay, you're in my age group here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was, it was on every Christmas. So I've I, yeah, I so it a you lot go. of times. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. So you remember Dorothy walking up the yellow brick road and yes. trying to see the wizard to, to get back home. And yes. he's the almighty wizard and yes. she's trembling. Oh my God. Go. Cur- ignore the man cur- behind the curtain. Ignore the man behind the curtain. Yeah. And so what does Toto do? Toto takes the curtain and pulls it back. And what do you see a little old man kind of crippled with a big, big smoke machine and a big, big horn. Yeah. It's not a big deal. (laughs) He's just got a lot of tricks, right? That's shame, guilt, energy. Okay. It's got a lot of tricks, but it doesn't belong to us. It it was placed. It's an energy. OK, yeah. placed upon humanity to be used to victimize us, to make us lesser than human. And through the years, it's been very, very successful in corporations, in schools, in family, in everything. If you want your kid to behave, make them guilty. If you want them to exceed, make them fearful. I mean, that's normal Words today. So I'm saying we got to stop that energy. That's the first step because Mm -hmm. you can get rid of it. But if you're not smart enough to know what shame guilt behavior is, you'll never get home. Right. So that's what I do. I teach people how we shame each other. And we don't know, we think it's normal behavior. Oh, psychiatrist said shame guilt is normal behavior. And I said, it's not normal. It's common, but it doesn't belong to humanity. God did not make us to be a victim. God did not make us feel shameful. Even if we sinned, okay, God, I goofed. I regret it. I don't feel shameful. I regret it. There's a a difference.
0: I always have a question about sin because God being all-powerful how could anything that happened in the world not be his not be allowed because the
1: culture did that god did (laughs) not make sin does not exist hell Hmm. doesn't exist Hmm. hell is the absence of heaven yeah that's all
0: yeah i think that's
1: probably about right i need to tell people that shame guilt energy doesn't belong to us and people didn't understand what i've been saying so what did i do i made another movie And it's called I'm Good. And I make shame, guilt, energy visible. So you can see how it comes into your body and changes your system. Wow. It's impressive. Impressive. Because you don't believe it till you see it. Right? Right? You got to see it to believe it. Now it's got three parts. Mm -hmm. Because this is deep stuff. People go, what are you talking about? So I could only do 15 minutes. And then fifteen minutes, and fifteen minutes, and I teach people how to make friends with their inner critic. Why the inner critic is the culture that was raised you. So how is he a bad guy? He just he just learned the rules from your mother and your father and the priests and the pope and the uh, and the president and the inner and your boyfriend uh, and yeah, everybody. The,
0: the inner critic is trying to keep you safe, isn't it? Really? At the end of the day, is what it's trying to do.
1: Of course, but he's living in nineteen. 19- 50 and I'm living in 2021. So I got to say, hey, would you like to come to my life now that I'm smart and I can take care of myself? So anyway, we make friends. Now, my inner critic, instead of hounding me like you should have done this, you can't do that and that you're a stupid jerk. You want my inner critic does? His name is King, of course. He goes around the world and gets podcasts for me. Honestly, I just find podcasts. Well, you found me, thank you. I know, it's just amazing. <laughs> but that's his job. He changed his job because I don't need to be criticized to be good. I don't need to be criticized. But I had to teach him, teach myself how to not criticize myself. Mm-hmm. But it isn't like tell the critic shut up. The critics part of me is my arms, my head. So I can't this, cut my head this,
0: off. So this has become your mission in life now, has it?
1: My mission is to educate people Mm -hmm. that shame and guilt is a force put upon humanity that we do not need it needs us because it thrives off of our light of being human Mm. okay so it's very tenacious (sighs) but once we know about it the jig is up like the wizard of oz it has to go away isn't that cool
0: it is amazing. It is amazing. We we, we need to get it in, in into the right places, into into the some of our institutions and systems that we've got around us somehow.
1: Well, I guess they will happen. But right now, I got to help people that want to be helped and want to learn. <laughs> you know, that's a whole other realm. It I, I got to live, a,
0: Harvey. I got to live a very long life. I think you will. But I got a it. lot of work to do. You sound like you. you <laughs> <laughs> so how so? How do you define success? How do I find success? How do you define it for you? What does success mean to you?
1: Success is living without the shame, guilt, energy. Mm. And the best thing, when I figured this out, I was so, so happy, Harvey. I was like, I don't have to be hurt anymore. Because he used to hurt me all the time because I'm so sensitive. They throw the shame, guilt, energy at me. And I didn't know what it
0: was. Now Mm. I know. And I just throw it back to him yes of course once i don't you know, take it once you know this stuff it doesn't it doesn't affect you anymore does it
1: exactly so yeah. i'm so happy success is not being hurt anymore
0: emotionally
1: i'm going okay that's interesting bye like i talk on the phone and someone's doing that garbage stuff talking i just go <laughs> don't take it don't take it
0: bye <laughs> so how do you i mean obviously your contribution to the world has been bringing this material to everything
1: to to the world yeah uh, how long have you been
0: doing this now about um
1: maybe 10 years 12 years it's taken a long time because people say i don't have any shame Gil. what are you talking about And i'm like okay but the pandemic blew everything up so anyway now i'm busy well it did it did it did get people to focus on what they really wanted out of their lives didn't it really and one message I would like to say, yep. never make a decision because of shame and guilt. Make it because it's the right thing for you to do. Like, I oh, I better do that because ain't not like me or I don't like this or like all this vaccines. You make a decision on what's right for you, not because someone is shaming you or guilting you. Mm-hmm. That yes. is the wrong, wrong way. And that's how we've been taught to make decisions so if I, if i can give one message to people today was make your decisions on your your life your godliness not because you feel guilty or someone's making you feel guilty or you're feeling shameful that is wrong and that will only destroy you what's okay. the one thing you want
0: people to ask you how do i not use shame and guilt i guess <laughs> Which I think we've been there, really.
1: I mean, it is, we, but it? we don't. Know. We don't know. That's no. the whole thing. We don't know we're using it.
0: No, we don't, do we? Really? And I and I recognize I did it to my son in Ch- in upbringing. I recognize my wife and I do it to each other. I recognize it happens.
1: But the interesting <clears> thing is, you got to know, like it's your coffee cup. You can actually find it, grab it, and release it. <clears> you can take it. Okay. Shame, guilt energy is like a computer virus. It comes into your computer and what does the computer virus do? It makes it all goofy, right? Mm-hmm. Shame, guilt comes into our bodies, turns our positive emotions to negative ones, turns our mind into confusion, turns our health, poor health, because it affects the meridian lines. We're a computer. So what do you do when your computer has a virus?
0: Uh, Get rid of the virus, treat it with
1: something. Yeah, you have a computer virus removal program, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you got to do. you have a shame, guilt, energy removal program. You got to actually go in, find it and get rid of it. It doesn't go like, oh, get rid of the shame. That don't work. You have to go in, find it and get rid of it. And that's my job. That's what I help people do. Find the shame, guilt, they're carrying and you actually get
0: rid of it because it dissolves in detection. So how do people get in touch with you and work with you? What, what of, How does it all work? But, well, they just call
1: me. My website is LoisHollis.com. I answer the phone. Very unusual, but I it, answer the it phone. It is unusual,
0: actually. Very unusual <laughs> for you to answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, I answer
1: the phone so people can talk. I, I do private sessions. I do group sessions. But I teach you. Yeah. how to do what I'm doing. I don't want to keep you for years. Yeah. I teach you to self-heal. I teach you to do what I'm doing. And it's a very easy process. You just have to learn how to do it. Talk to yourself, take the shame guilt and throw it away and keep doing it. So these films that you're talking about, how would people discover those? Go to my website. Right. And um, I have also I'm good film.com but i did call to action i sent you an email yeah. and i have
0: everything listed on that yes i've seen that but i just wanted to just so that you, my audience can hear it that, that, that these things yeah. are available for them are you and on, i had, are you, I had on, are you on social media at all
1: yes i am uh, facebook's kind of crazy but i wasn't on that much facebook anyway right. but i'm on a lot of linkedin and on twitter Lovely. And oh, YouTube! I got all my podcasts on YouTube. So it's so awesome. much fun.
0: Yeah, it's so much it is. fun. It is absolutely. Well, look, all so, those links will be available to people at the website, Life, Passion, and Business. Do check out Lois because she's a she's an amazing lady. It's very fascinating listening to this story. So, look, Lois, I know I'm I'm sure you've got a meaning. What do you think is the meaning of life? That's the last question we ask all our guests. For you, well, what is the meaning of it all? To serve God. I just serve God. Well, that's... that's... God
1: gives me a job and I serve.
0: Well, I guess, yes, you had an early experience of that. So I'm, I'm sure that's true. Well, Lewis Hollis, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. It's been amazing. Thank you. I loved every minute. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Lewis Hollis. If you would like to connect with Lewis, you can find her at the website lewishollis.com. She's on LinkedIn, Facebook, and on YouTube. All of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. So do check it out. She is an amazing lady. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it so please give it some thought because you know your future depends on it and if you'd like some help with that process do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery and it's at the amazing price of just 12.99 so do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five star review on the app of your choosing. And of course, sharing it with a friend, because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time all the best.